We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report. Here with Hassan Rahim, as always, and our special guest, Peter Howard. He's a writer for Dynasty League Football. Uh, You can find him on his podcast or his YouTube channel uh, on Twitter at PA Howdy. Peter, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Nice to see you again. Absolutely. Yeah, we... Uh, you're one of the one of the guys we've been wanting to talk to a lot. I think um, you know what we're doing at Rotoviz is pretty has a lot of overlap with the sort of stuff that you've got going well, on. So it's always fun to talk to you. I steal all and, your data, so that's kind of overlap. <laughs> and uh, no, I appreciate you lying, but it's okay. You got to the bottom of the barrel. It's week nine. Most people are busy, and I'm here for you. It's cool. <laughs> Thanks. There you go. Before we do get started, do you mind plugging your YouTube and Patreon and what potential and what subscribers uh, could find? Uh, yes, I would. At either, I, at either area? Yeah, I would mind doing that, actually. That's, uh, <laughs> that's not. Um, no, I don't really plug. I just, I know, that, that's it's the stuff we do, right? We like talking about football, so we end up making a YouTube channel. Well, actually, I didn't. I just watch YouTube, so I have an account, and I figured there's an upload button. And I was like, oh, look, I did that. So. In the off season, I just started making more videos, mostly doing prospect breakdowns, like what I look at, here's what I yeah. saw, here's what I'm going to get right and wrong. And then uh, I tried to do some actual videos, like one on Miles Gaskin, which is looking good, or I have no idea, bad, no idea uh, what Miles Gaskin is at this point. Uh, I decided I didn't like making <laughs> professional content, and then just went back to like live streaming and do it. Like I get questions, uh, you probably do as well, when you talk about numbers, People think uh, there's some sort of mystery or they're hard to do. It's like, no, the reason I do them is because they don't require a lot of math. <laughs> they're not very hard. And um, so I do explanations, how-tos, how to use Excel, anything anyone asks me about. Um, in the season, I've been trying to do a weekly stream uh, instead of like three weekly videos breaking down this, that, or the other, like mini articles. Some things don't – I don't know how you guys feel, but sometimes like it's easier to just do a – 10 minute video than write a whole article because when I sit down, when I'm interested in something, my articles tend to gain months to research, which DLF is very kindly uh, willing to wait for normally. Um, in season, quick reaction stuff really isn't my thing. Um, but every now and again, I have a thought about a specific 
event position or whatever else and it's just easier to explain it verbally and so that's mostly what my youtube channel is um, and then my live streams will stream there as well patreon i know the way i bill it is look if you want to support what i'm up to i'm really grateful it's paying like my water bill right now and i like water i, I really like water <laughs> but um like i don't pay I, i'm not charging for things is my idea it's not like give give me money and i will give you this spreadsheet i mostly try and spit out as much free data so everyone can play and have fun with it as i can and um, but i do try and have a few things that are for patreons only like we've got a discord and i asked them should this be open to everyone and they're like nah we're like we like this is a little group and there are people in there that can do more impressive things than i can but we like talking fantasy it's like a mini twitter basically <laughs> i've learned about discord <laughs> And um, stuff like that, and we have a few databases we keep uh, behind the pay, the high high one dollar paywall. But I mean, um, yeah, mostly it's just if you like supporting my work because at this point I'm working it like a full time job, uh, then I'd appreciate it. But if you just can't spend money on fantasy, just de- at me on Twitter or on Patreon, and I try and talk. I- I'll give anyone an opinion. Like it's free, um, and I'll try and help you out however I can. But um, Patreons have a few links to extra databases and a Discord, basically, and they're wonderful and my heroes. Um, so yeah, that I, that you can see why I would not like to do this. I'm not very good at this side of it. This is why I'm not. <laughs> su- I like to say this is why I'm not successful, but it's probably because I'm just not very good. <laughs> I'm terrible at selling shit. <laughs> No, no, that's not true. And if you're uh, watching I mean, this or listening, you definitely stuff. I just, be, uh... I just realized, like, I'm spitting out at least three weekly articles on Patreon. I'm doing ranks, dynasty oh. ranks, weekly projections, and I didn't mention a single single bit of that. But yeah, there's some other stuff there. Check it out. Most of it's free, <laughs> and that's for a dollar, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like, dollar a month. There you go. Like you can uh, pay whatever you, you want. Like if you're rich, by all means, throw ten. But also, like. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I don't know how you guys got started in it, but like uh, I should probably ask. But I wanted to get better at fantasy football quickly, and numbers seemed to be my easiest way to do that. And there wasn't a lot of "Hey, here's a bunch of data." And so I've just mm-hmm. I just started collecting it, and then I just started posting it and the on Twitter and Patreon's an extension of that. It's it's not like it's hard to get; it just takes a lot of hours. When you got a life and kids, and it's like it's fine. I do the I do the legwork. Yeah, no, it's the same for me. I, I want to get good at fantasy football quick. Uh, yeah. And I and I didn't know anything about football. I actually uh, uh, didn't Nothing. really follow the sport until like 2015. Um, and, that, and the only reason I followed it was because I got my first fantasy team that year and I went... Exactly like, I think, the same. <laughs> like, like, I think I went like 2-14. and 14, Like 2-14 yeah. and 14, like, like, like that year. Like um, I completely destroyed. And I was like, I got to get better. Yeah. I'm it's probably like, good at I one thing. Pride, but I have more than this. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, I'm better than this. Uh, it was like uh, it was an auction league, and I can tell you one of the crucial mistakes that I made was spending a quarter of my budget on Drew Brees. I drafted Drew Brees first round, <laughs> a single quarterback, <laughs> one second. Uh, oh, well. Uh, speaking of getting better trying to get better we can jump right in to talk about baker mayfield and uh you know he was actually like the browns were okay today he's you know 21 pass attempts for 218 yards and two touchdowns um 
Peter, I was just asking about, I was asking Hassan his thoughts on Baker Mayfield's performance, who, uh, you know, is somebody else we're hoping will will get a lot better soon. Um, or maybe we're not. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't draft a ton of him this year. But uh, do you think the, you know, the Browns can keep putting up 41 points? Um, sure, as long as they got Nick <laughs> Chubb and then as long as Kareem Hunt comes past, Jarvis Landry's fine. Um, if you're asking about Baker Mayfield, like, I don't know, I've stayed so far away from quarterback evaluation for so long. Like, he's fine. I, I think we always thought the ceiling was more, and I think it's long past time we accept that it's not not there. I, mm-hmm. I would look like, he's from back in the day, an underdog story. Wasn't he a walk-on? originally yeah. in college and stuff yeah. like I would love, I love rooting for the guy who's not meant to succeed. And this point he's an NFL quarterback, which is pretty freaking successful. one. So, but like he's, we're not waiting for the up here. He's good. He's, you know, he's fine. Um, yeah. And the team's stacked. I really should be doing better some weeks. So yeah, they can, but it's not like I'm expecting Baker Mayfield to finally round that corner and become Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson and, Patrick Mahomes it's just the up's not there yeah I guess the news really in Cleveland from this week was that they released Odell Beckham so um yeah you know kind of when you're thinking about this team going forward uh you almost wonder whether they have enough weapons to make Baker that fantasy relevant although I mean it's not like Odell was doing a lot before so maybe it's not that big a difference And uh, there's a symbiosis between, uh, or however you say that word, between weapons and quarterback, which is difficult to read. Yeah, I I think he's actually got well above average weapons, Uh, and Mm. he's fine. He's he's fine. He's fine. But I don't think the weapons are an excuse, or vice versa, for that matter. Like the weird (laughs) thing about Odell is, um, like, I don't think the physical talent went anywhere because I don't believe magic exists. Um, But And all the stuff we hear about, despite how much noise gets made, like it sounds oddly pathetic to me. Like he kicked a net one time. His dad said something mean on Twitter about his quarterback. It's like, who's being the immature one here? But there's so much smoke. At some point you've got to imagine, I mean, something's going on, but everything we hear about seems immature and irrelevant. You know, it doesn't seem. So at this point I'm starting to believe there has to be more that I don't know what it is, but I do not believe the physical talent went anywhere because no, that don't so, magic. <laughs> so I, so I do think that like the, from the physical side, the only thing that I would say is he did have an ACL tear about a year ago. He yeah. does have a couple of shoulder issues this year. So he's got, he's not a, what he was when he came into the league, but um, to that point, he started his career off so, so strong and then just sort of faded away. And, mm. and a lot of people blame this on like Eli Manning possibly regressing and then having to switch teams and everything else. That it's, it's hard to forget that he's been in the league, what, seven years now? And we haven't seen the version of Odell back at his like, you know, first two years ever mm-hmm. since. And that, and that to me is a bigger indictment on on like maybe we saw his actual career peak early and then like he's still who he is, should still be in the league, shouldn't be treated as a, you know, top 24 wide receiver or whatever, but he's still good, you know? I think that's um, a good way of uh, looking at it. And, and I'm, I'm trying to say the same thing. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just too consistent. I mean, ultimately, all I know to do is to chase volume and he's been persistently unable yeah. to accrue volume. And then that's yeah. why I really care about it's not like he's doing badly on volume 
It's not like he's getting too little volume. It's just, it's not impressive. Um, Just from a pure volume perspective. um, And, you know, you can talk about how much Baker doesn't or does target him. But that's the thing. This is where we backfill narratives, which leads us to make worse decisions elsewhere. And I'm just trying to avoid that. It's like trying to fill the gap with injury information. Maybe, but I don't know. And Alan Robinson isn't injured. And we've seen a similar kind of difficulty. But he has done okay at accruing that volume, except for this year where Donald Mooney seems to be the one doing it because he's awesome too. So, I mean, all I know to do is chase the things that still have signal. And the volume is lacking. And I have never blamed a quarterback for that before. So I'm not going to blame Baker either. It's, (laughs) It's something else. Um, yeah. And it's probably just time to listen to it. Having said that, I mean, I don't I, – I, I keep getting asked, you know, do you buy, sell, or hold? And it's all about the the, the value. Uh, it's about the offer right now, as it yeah. always is. And it's just a matter of I don't know many third-round picks I believe could get 10% of an offense, and he can at least do that. So, you know, um, it's fallen, but he's still worth most of the trades that I see go down. Yeah, Odell is Odell is just a guy that you're gonna have to, like you said, third round, right? Like that's what that's what that that's what you the buyer you want. A seller's never gonna move him for that. Yeah, um, I mean, part of the part of what makes the eval on Odell a little difficult, and you're talking about like the accruing volume is they only had 21 pass attempts today, and the the defense did a good job putting points on the board. Job did a damn good job putting points on the board. Right. You know, like you're not going to throw the ball a lot. I think I think Baker is above average as a quarterback. Um, yeah. He's he's helped. Uh, um, remember when David Njoku was supposed to be a thing? Well, he's actually a thing now. <laughs> kind of. Like, he's a actually bit. a little bit. He's yeah. actually a thing now uh, in his in his fifth year, and it's just sort of like. Well, whenever um, Jarvis like, Landry's healthy, he kind of looks yeah. like Jarvis Landry. He gets twenty five percent plus of the targets yeah. and does pretty well on them. It's it's yeah. Just weird, right? Like, uh, I, I think, I think Baker. Uh, I mean, when you go back to really what sunk this team from where we thought they'd be to where they are now was that Odell trade. Like they gave up so much in exchange for Odell that mm-hmm. it never worked out mm-hmm. for either team, unfortunately. And that was, and that's sort of where a lot of these like poor residual feelings are coming from for on like all sides. Yeah, I mean, he, they just kind of blew all that capital, believing they could. Pick that. And it's like that wasn't the point of it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the, the point. point and, was, and yeah, it's awkward. And then they, they 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 dismantled the offensive line too. Like just like everything they did, like essentially made Baker Mayfield a worse like like a put him in a worse situation. And then they hired ca- Freddie Kitchens and mm-hmm. like just a mm-hmm. just a baffling series of decisions. Um, and they locked themselves into it. That's the thing. It's not like Baker was a bad pick or this Odell was a bad, but by trading everything and spending everything, it's like you're now locked into it. Now, if it's not great, yeah. you're screwed again. You're rebuilding again, and that's that's where they left themselves. They're fine. Yeah. They're, they're a decent team. It's fine. Yeah, they uh, they definitely were a little bit too short sighted, uh, not really taking into account how good um, the Ravens were going to be. Uh, that was and that was really their mm. issue and their and, and and their and their biggest concern. I mean, um, today the today, today the Bengals were complete. I mean, they were bad. They were manhandled. Like like they they threw up the white flag. Uh, whoever the Brandon <laughs> Allen, Brandon Allen, I think was was like played out most of the fourth quarter there for them. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, there's another quarterback who the 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 the, the team should have actually benched, and his name is Dak Prescott. 
who completed <laughs> only 19 of 39 passes for 232 yards. Those two touchdowns he threw, they came in um, the garbagest of garbage time to, oh, really? uh, to, to someone called Malik Turner, two of them to Malik Turner. Uh, so, so, so Amari Cooper and CD Lamb were on the bench, but Dak Prescott was out there uh, playing with uh, <laughs> like the second and third string. And this is your starting quarterback. Like, uh, I guess, I guess my questions are: Has Mike McCarthy lost the plot? <laughs> did did he have the plot at some point? No, I mean, <laughs> Mike McCarthy's. He's like the Baker Mayfield of coaching. He's fine. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't see any reason to think that he's not doesn't know more about football than fucking me, at least. But pardon me. Um, but like, he doesn't give you an edge or nothing. It doesn't seem, and he makes some weird decisions sometimes. You know, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, this was a a weird game for sure. Um... I see, mean, the first yeah. thing I did when I read this was I went and checked the league that I had him in. I was like, oh, he's over 20 points. It's fine. Like, that's my yeah. reference point. <laughs> it's like, yeah. ah, the points are there and the squad's awesome. I do. I'm always suspicious. Like, the NFL hates people with no draft capital. Like, it actively works against them. I thought he was past that point, but maybe not. Um, yeah, I'm just going to shut up and let you talk. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't really have anything more to add. I just think... Um... You know, Dallas was dealing with a lot of injuries this week. I don't know how much yeah. that played into them underperforming. Everyone um, was hurt, man. Zeke, Zeke, yeah. and like everyone. Um, I did think, I did think uh, Amari, Amari tends to play through injury. He does stuff it through. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like all these players as a thing. If there's a, if there's yeah. a muh feeling on them, I'd buy Dak Prescott and a Superflex and a heartbeat. Zeke, too, mm-hmm. especially with that age discount. Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, like, line them up. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm not scared of any of them if, that, if that's relevant. <laughs> I, yeah. lo- I mean, man, I, I, I love Amari. Like, like, I don't think, like, like, people say he gets hurt a lot and everything. And it's like, yeah, yeah he also plays through it. Like, he's, he's like the weirdest guy. Like, you yeah. see him like 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 grabbing his hamstring. It's like a grade two hamstring stare, and he wants to get back in the game, and he plays through it. Like he's 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 a tough tough player, man. Like I, I think I think people yeah. are um, they have a really bad. I think it's because of that one year when he was in the, with the Raiders, where he was went so early and he just couldn't get it together. Um, but the people have soured on him. Yeah, I think it's uh, Mario Cooper is so weird in Dynasty. Like he's one of the. Okay, there's this uh, coincidental trope, I guess, that since 2014, the wide receiver one in Dynasty ADP has basically failed every time, except for Jamar Chase and Amari Cooper. Like, those are the mm. two that we got right. And yet he feels like a disappointment because he wasn't Jamar Chase. Like, he's he's so far <laughs> above average as far as what we get out of the uh, – and but it wasn't that special funny feeling that gives us all the fuzzies. Um, and he he's just continued to be that. And then at some point, Gruden just decided, I'm just going to intentionally not target him. He got traded, proved that that was a Gruden thing, not an Amari Cooper thing. He's so weird um, in Dynasty, but I don't have – like I was just re-ranking Dynasty uh, players, like starting to think of the offseason, and I put CeeDee Lamb as my wide receiver one. And it's a little bit of a hack because I've got Chase and Jefferson right next to him in the exact yeah. same tier. And I, I literally, in my notes, it's just it's just to set someone's hair on fire. <laughs> but 
one of the reasons I'm so utterly convinced of uh, Ceedee Lamb isn't just a prospect profile, the overall production. It's doing that with Amari Cooper. Like if there's yeah. if there's a chink in your armor and you've got an Amari Cooper on your team, it shows up. Like if you can't accrue volume in a good situation, then it it really shows up. And if you've got Amari Cooper on your team and you're, you know, they're basically dividing the offense and Michael Gallup occasionally, like. I, yeah. There's no more questions for me, if you know what I mean. He's he's that good. He's in that tit. Um, I guess that's the best compliment I can give Amari Cooper. <laughs> he convinces yeah. me C.D. <laughs> Lamb is that good. You know, like same with Chase and T. Higgins. To be fair, like if they weren't yeah. good, they wouldn't do this together, especially. Yeah. Especially with yeah. Boyd on the team. You know. Sorry, I'm yeah. just talking. Then. Oh no, poor no, Boyd, no, man. Right. No, you're, no, I you're love totally Boyd, fine. man. But I yeah, love, it's, I love Boyd. Ooh, it's, it's a rough. shame watching him. Like just watching him. Run behind CJ Uzoma. That's such a shame. Oh. Oh. Like, I just traded Van too. And it's like he's not even like bad. You know, like no, Boyd's great be really good. Like a well no, above league. That's a good question, though. I mean, like, how mm-hmm. worried are you about Boyd after? Yeah. I mean, especially after this game, two targets. I mean, he's that player that falls into that certain special area of dynasty ranks where I just paid a second for him, and I feel great about it, but I don't know why. It's like I don't doubt T. Higgins. I don't doubt Jamar Chase. I don't know how, but I know I've got this thing, right? Like, this is a good player. (laughs) We spent so long trying to find him. It's like Jarvis Landry. It's like Michael Gallup and Donald Mooney. It's like these are good players. We're just hoping the rest of the source comes together somehow. So I'm not hoping for injuries for Chase or Higgins, but I mean, it, well, he proved last week. I mean, he can still have great games, have a consistent mm-hmm. role, very much a flex player. Um, so that's where I'm at on Boyd. I think he's just going to be a value, and I think he's better than most dice rolls you'll get um, for a second-round pick for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, Boyd's also, he correct me if I'm wrong, but he might be a free agent after the season. Um, I, he can play that game too. I mean, maybe go somewhere. Well, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the only reason I bring I, I bring that game up is because is because he's got the kind of talent profile and is the kind of player wherein you can see him getting overpaid in free agency to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. and I think he'll be just fine, right? Yeah, um, just fine. There's, yeah. there's a there's a there's a certain team in uh, Wisconsin that could use uh, a, mm-hmm. a, a compliment <laughs> to to Devonte Adams. Um, right. like, you know, like, I, and they have plenty of cash space. Like, 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 like just saying oh, yeah. that, he, um, he, yeah, he'd be much better than anything else they've got outside of Adams, obviously. But, yeah, yeah. So it's just, so it's just like one of those, like you only, like, and you only paid a second for that. And to give you an, like someone tried offering me a 2023 third for Tyler Boyd a few weeks ago. Like, and, uh, I, <laughs> I think, I think that I, I had a back and forth with them, like a pretty polite one, mm-hmm. but like the whole time I was just like. I don't need to explain this to you. <laughs> you like, know you what you're doing. <laughs> Why don't you just give me Boyd for free? Yeah, and I get it. But yeah, everyone in that conversation understands it. it's like I'm trying to yeah. buy way too cheap because really, realistically, how can you think he's worth any more? But at the same time, we both know he is. <laughs> but this is yeah. and, and this is Dynasty where you own these players – until the league is over, or you yeah, right, 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 like, like I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> like I, like I think he's gonna be a good player for a very long time. I don't know. I also, um, I mean, it's really interesting season at time to be 
to be thinking like that because we've just had two really good draft classes. Like, and yeah. I think we really quickly forget how bad draft classes mm-hmm. can be. Yeah. Like, really yeah. quickly. I mean, I mean this and, draft uh, class is proving it. And yeah. And at this point, second round picks have value in dynasty trade. And even like last year, after just one good class, they were still, everyone remembered they were basically nothing. But like right now, everyone's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get the the you know, the next great guy." It's like, I don't know. I think I, I think you're already starting to see it dry up a quarterback. Like Trevor Lawrence is an amazing prospect. Like this is uh, this is an amazing college prospect having a really decent rookie season. And we're like, yeah, but Justin Herbert was so much more fun. It's like, yeah, you do not get that a lot, guys. Yeah. Like that's your role. We've had we've got like five really young, really good quarterbacks, and like. That's a lot. <laughs> like, that's a lot. Like, you think you're going to get one every draft or something? Like, we were just discussing <laughs> Baker Mayfield. I've got Marcus Mariota on the back of taxi squads in so many places. Yeah. Like, that's normal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jameis Winston just fouled out for another team, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's the QB, <laughs> that's a QB1 in a good good draft yeah. year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Mike White, baby, like he is the QB one. There you go. Uh, I think I was joking with uh, Kevin Cole of PFF about this, about Trey Lance uh, uh, being the sixth string quarterback. Uh, I mean, sixth, sixth string running back for the San Francisco 49ers because uh, they just don't <laughs> seem to play him. Um, yeah, I mean, no, but, to, but, 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 to your, but to your point, just about like how shallow draft classes tend to be, um, I just think that there was like a like a pre-narrative about how good this class is or theoretically was supposed to be that everyone's turning around and trying to shoehorn in all the the marginal prospects into an elite tier, right? Right. But right. but people were very quick to be down on Justin Jefferson. And there's no way to walk that back. Hey, you know, you know, walking out, I was publicly, I, you know, that you were you were publicly against Justin Jefferson, the prospect. And he comes out and he just like crushes and it's like, oh, maybe the maybe he just exceeded expectations and like the other draft classes are gonna be better. And it's like it doesn't work that way, man. Like you get like you, you get like Jamar Chase and you get Rashad Bateman and you get like a bunch of trash. Sorry. Like that's just how it goes. And <laughs> um, like I like Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore. Yeah. And they're doing pretty good. I'm really and happy. They, yeah, with they're the both really good. Yeah. But like it's not that. <laughs> you yeah. know i mean um christian yeah. kirk is out there doing things yeah christian kirk was a really good prospect like that level of pro that's what we've got i mean yeah. i've been really impressed with Devonte. uh, uh so many Devonte smith um mm-hmm. I, I, like i thought that was Jaylen a little bit really good a, too yeah i thought smith was a little bit more of a riskier profile that i liked and I'm really encouraged. I'm like, okay, struggling a little bit. Catching balls is not what you do in that offense very much right now. But he's doing <laughs> most of it. I'm really pretty impressed. Um, yeah, it, I know. It's, it feels like everyone's really excited about the young players. And yet I keep looking up and it's like, but it's Cooper Cup. And it's, uh, it's Ezekiel Elliott. It's, it's yeah. like, this is team old guy just... Yeah. winning leagues and we're all like young guys <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> you know <laughs> we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Actually, it, it, it comes down a little bit to like a concept of philosophy, right? So like um, Blair and I, Blair and I build teams very similarly. He said Blair is a little bit more patient than I am. Um, hmm. so, I'm really so, impatient. Yeah. So, so, so Blair, <laughs> do you mind actually talking a little bit about some like like the team that we were just discussing before we actually went live? The one that you've got a bunch of incredibly top heavy guys and then you own everybody else's picks. I mean, yeah, it's... Uh... It's just uh, more of an experiment, right? To try yeah. and punt year one and load up on load up on rookie talent, and I was able to get like draft Jamar Jefferson in the start. No, sorry, not Jamar. I'm, I mean Justin in the startup. Get a bunch of these rookies in the startup and get uh, a lot of picks for this year. So Jamar Chase, Judy's on my team. I think I can't even remember, but um, I mean. Yeah, you can load up on these young guys, and sometimes it works. That team is not successful yet, though. Like, I'm still middle of the pack in that team, even with yeah. the young guys. So, um, the highs are high, though, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fun to build teams that way, but it doesn't it doesn't always work for sure. <laughs> I found it. I found it both ways. Like, I've had a really young team, and I've been looking at like, why am I not winning? I'm hitting so many good young players, and then I've had so many old players, and also like, what am I gonna do now? My team's not winning this year. I'm third, fourth place. I gave up all my value to get here, and um, but that's, I know. I think you do have to be on the extremes, like yeah, uh, because. I don't know. I, I mean, not in your league is a constant phrase, but I think winning, <laughs> the chance of winning is so overrated. It's like it's one in 12, essentially. And then you've got to help all the pieces fit together. Like, not, I'm not trying to like victory lap here, but like I got some serious good calls this year and my teams are losing like ass like most of my teams like my one good team is only because i've just gone screw it sold all the i sold elijah moore i sold uh, all my first round picks i sold all my good young players and i'm like i just i want to try and win somewhere so and that's the reason it's competitive bought lamar jackson yeah. because aaron Rodgers went out just why not um but like i got like the 
the extreme value high upside calls, right, is what I'm saying. Like, and I do not do that every year, despite like really trying my best too. But like I got Debo Samuels, Marcus Brown, Cooper Cup, and Daryl Henderson, like these high, like if you've got them all in the right place at the yeah. right time, like that's a really, like you should be trying to win this year. Yeah. But none of my teams have all of that together. And that's with me yeah. being like, I think I was in the minority on most of those takes and still not being able to put all the pieces together. Um, yeah. Now, again, you're probably whoever's listening like, well, that's because you suck. Probably, probably. But I do know, <laughs> no, even when you get like so much right, it can just not quite mesh for your team. And that yeah. coupled with a one in 12 chance, coupled with injuries, like if you've got a chance to win, just go freaking win. And your team kind of should always be in the extreme. That's why building right. is a thing. You shouldn't be afraid to go to the extreme and then be like, okay, now I have to do, <laughs> now I have to recover. Yeah. Because like if you have that middle of the road team, your chances are still one in twelve. But I, like, I just don't understand not trying to capitalize on any potential. Like if you're at fifty, sixty percent all play, just go try and win because you, even when you get all the right players, Christian McCaffrey goes down, Saquon Barkley goes down, yeah. whatever it is, and like suddenly you're not competitive that year. Like yeah. King Henry, I mean, you—if you got yeah. King Henry right this year, you were looking like you were going to steamroll to the end. And now, mm-hmm. crap! <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> so like, you've, if you'd have capitalized, though, go like, screw it! I was trade this first, that first. I trade this young player and gotten a few other running backs. Or, I mean, I know I'm just kind of going off right now because I—it's—it's it's not as easy or as hard to win as we make it seem sometimes. If you know what I mean? Mm. No, no, I, I I agree with you, and I think some of it is just comes down to um, psychological fear, like or like un, uh, being uh, being unable to overcome that, right? So, like with Cooper Cup, right. is a really good example of this, where he was out, and then he kind of struggled. Like he tore his ACL, then he had a down season last year. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Robert Woods show, but like you could just tell, like by the end of the season, like when like Cup was right. Oh, the end is here for Woods. I knew that like by like week what like six or seven of last year, and I just did not sell Woods. Right, stupid move, right? Mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson, another guy who I like, I should have sold, but the wheels fell off. Um, I should have moved Odell Beckham like after he moved to the Browns. Uh, then he had that torn ACL. I should have moved him for something because now I've got all these guys in the same team. And that team is 0-7. I'm going to 0-8. Sorry. Sorry. 0-8. I'm winning my first game this week. <laughs> hey, man. What's a good eight. team compared to some of mine? Yeah. But it's just like, what am I doing with it? Right? Because I've got nothing, right? Like, it's like my best running back is Melvin Gordon and Carlos Hyde. Like, what, like where is this team going? And, and, I, and I, like, it's got Jamar Chase. So like I got that going, but no one's gonna pay me for any of these old dusty veterans like Julio or Marvin Jones. Um, if they're yeah, winning you, and if they need, you can trade yeah. way below value nah. during the. But yeah, the a, guys who are winning are all like winning with young players, man. Like it's just, yep. it's like it's like one of those it's like one of those leagues where where like all the young guys are all like on the good teams. Like it's one of those. Leagues that have become a little stagnant because of the the like how the the talent discrepancy is between the winners and the losers. If that makes sense, I know that one where 
10 of the teams just have to yeah. all realize together we 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 all need we just, to go radical because those two or three teams yeah. are just going to keep and it's hard to get consensus around that most people think i'll just draft a great rookie no no and, no, no. it's just it doesn't work that way man it doesn't i i, I hate i don't hate because it's part of the fun of dynasty but when yeah. you get into that situation where i need six of these terrible teams and i'm one of them to realize we're terrible we just need to shake shit up. <laughs> Let's give all our good old yeah. guys to this one team and all our picks to this team. Just shake it up. And um, like most people want just – and it's understandable because I do it. They just want to play your team, just want to add incrementally and maybe do – you don't want to blow everything. And you just got to go extreme almost all the time. Yeah. And you are reminding me, like the teams that I feel most bitter, like I've made mistakes here things have been done i need to be held accountable <laughs> is where like all of those players you just mentioned i have li- i still like at value but that's the phrase that i'm starting to target for myself it's like if i have too many players that i love because i think they're undervalued then they're no longer undervalued because i roster them like if all those guys i have a higher value on than everyone else that just means yeah. my team's dead because i can't trade them away because <laughs> i like them more um, and I can't keep them because I'm not winning with them. So, yeah. I mean, and that's when I end up killing a team and really, well, not killing a team, but it's like, okay, I have to, I have to forget what me, <laughs> you know, like Robbie Anderson. I love Robbie Anderson, but I got to trade for whatever someone's willing to give me because yeah. if I have too many of those players, like then they're not undervalued at all because the one guy who's willing to think that has them. And um, if you yeah. know what I mean, that's when I know, like I've got, Russ Fisher, Dynasty Outhouse, he runs a bunch of leagues called the Trade Addicts Leagues. And I kind of went nuts because it was called Trade Addicts, and I try and get better at trades. And that team just stinks. But it's because every player on that I I think is deeply undervalued. But that means they're all dead (laughs) on my roster, man. And and so I've just had to get into this mentality. And some leagues I have to just um, pretend almost like I don't – think what i think it's like time just just to reshuffle everything you know yeah it's one of the hardest things i think in dynasty not only to like not get locked into your takes but also to realize you know in order to avoid these types of situations where your team is old no well not even necessarily old well your team you have guys that aren't worth as much as uh, you think they should be you have to trade players that you like way earlier than you want to and yep. uh that's that's difficult but and for way less than you fun. think like you yeah, see yeah someone just traded a first robbie anderson why can't i find that trade it's like just <laughs> it's, it's not gonna happen. happen it's just not gonna happen right like that's not your league <laughs> you know yeah. you just i mean just move on <laughs> I will say, I don't know if this is a, a symptom of Twitter recently or is just by me choosing to unfollow a lot of accounts, but I don't see a lot of people rushing out to post trades on the, on the, on the timeline anymore, right? So mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I haven't seen a lot of those like lopsided, one-sided trades, right? Like I just haven't seen many of those polls come by. I haven't I been – I don't know if it's me self-selecting out or what. I get tagged in a lot, but I tend to avoid them. Like, I don't get much from trade polls. I, yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, um, this side won, and that seems like the logical side. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Like, um, I like... 
like John Bosch, uh, FF, uh, no, he's actually FF John Bosch now, and he's just starting his like trade value podcast up again with a few other cool people for the DCC and Dynasty Trade Calculator folks, and it should be really interesting because he, he's kind of got, he thinks in game theory. I honestly think yeah. his brain just works that way, I guess, is what, and so he always has an interesting take on the value of players, and and uh, what was I going to say there? I completely forget. forget, forget. I was just <laughs> plugging their podcast, apparently. No, um, <laughs> value is a really slippery uh, concept, and you can get way too locked into it, I think was my overall point. Like, No, it, that's, no I, I, I agree with that. And the other thing about like, trading is it's a skill, right? It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, it's an actual, genuine skill to understand why you need to do what what you need to do and why you need to do it. And then also that, yes, I don't, I, I cannot get one-to-one for this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is just how it's going it, to, this is just how it is going to have to be. And like the only way to honestly get better at trading is to keep making trades. Um, this goes back to a lot of stuff that we here do at Rotoviz, um, and kind of goes back to some of the old stuff from 2015 Blair, like with Sean and Charlie and those guys talking about how you want to be, the guy at the table who's always making trades because you suddenly become the guy other people come to when they want to make a trade because you're seen right. as a willing trade partner. You want to establish yourself as that. Yeah. And, and, and that is huge. That's huge right? to, to develop a reputation as someone who is easy to trade with and you're not going to haggle over very minor points. Then it's like... Right you found someone you can actually deal with, right? Like, whereas there's a guy who offered me a 2023 third and expected mm-hmm. me to counter for it. And like, that's, that's like a, a, a discussion that's not, I'm not going to say it's not worth having. It's just like, it's like, it's just like you, the values are so far apart that I'm not going to start this negotiation pegging to something that's just that wide. Sorry, we're not, we're, we're not getting anchored to a value that you think is appropriate for a player that, you know, that I'm not, that I have actual genuine value use for mm-hmm. and I want to hold on for this season and beyond. Right. Like it's just yeah. one of those things. And I, and I think that, you know, to your point, Peter, you want to make trades, man. Like that's the only way to get over the fear of losing them because you're going to lose a lot of trades. That's just there's the way some, it goes. There's some really interesting. And again, everything depends on who's in your league, which is a weird thing about get, trying to give generic advice about a very specific situation. But um, there is a momentum in my experience. Like if you start making trades because a few get accepted, suddenly you just seem to be trading every day. And you're like, what's going on? I'm not this guy. I'm not Russ Fish. Yeah. <laughs> but there does seem to be a momentum where you make one trade and the other one somehow comes more easily. And I think it is because everyone's like me. You get a trade email and like, I want to trade. And so <laughs> it, it just <laughs> greases the wheels a little bit. Not even that the value is easier or just – People are, I don't know, I found myself do it. Like you see a few trades go off and then you see one that's pretty close and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. accept. And yeah. it does seem to just grease the wheels. It's also just for that reason, good to have active people in your league. And if you're not the guy who can or likes to trade a lot, have someone who is, because if you get those emails regularly, if there's always turnover. And speaking of that, that league disparity you were talking about, like a league dies if there isn't an ability oh God, yes. for that to happen. And if there's mm-hmm. once it becomes that, it's very clear who the top three teams are. If there isn't a lot of movement, then it just stays there. And everyone's tired of just getting beat. 
so you start you, they yeah. leave you know yeah so you know so those, those active people are like gold i think honestly um in the dynasty league i know uh, i always like with rotoviz you're always uh, looking for trends and data and trying to do player evaluation i've boiled it basically all back to what happens most often just so i know yeah. where to bet because so much is luck and chance in real life you know and people, from injuries just to they're just not feeling it that game or we got something deeply wrong i just i feel more comfortable boiling it back to there and it's just and that goes back to trades as well like it's mm-hmm. going to be a really interesting off season where the age of the best running backs in the league like i think anyone anyone's ranks and you average them is slowly increasing not that it's too old but you've got cmc barkley and they're just getting older and Ch- Nick Chubb, who's been a top 12 running back, and it looks like he's going to do it twice, Kareem Hunt. And it's not that they're old, but since 2015 or so, the age has been decreasing as those young guys came into the league. And now it's starting to increase again. But that still doesn't mean they're not the best running backs in the league, and everyone's no, scared are. of holding the bag. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. You've got to look at your team and decide. I've really, I, I've been focused on these extremes so much. Maybe I'm going, and I do like to think because I just want a simple plan of action. Again, boil it back. Just tell me yes or no. So I'm going too far with it, but I do think it's best to look at your team and just decide which direction you're going to go until you can winning or value, and then until you can go the other direction and then sell all out for it. And, yeah. and looking this off season, you should know that the. Best production players are going to be older and cheaper, and the best value players are going to be younger and much more expensive than they've been in a while. And yep. you've got to decide which way you're going to you want to go with that. Yeah, um, to that point, I did want to actually say I was talking about this with Blair before we, we, we went live. Someone offered me Saquon Barkley for Travis Etienne and a first on my side. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> That's optimistic, but I, I, I should add this team was dead on arrival because it's a super flex team. And one of my two quarterbacks on that squad, uh, well, one of them is uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm accidentally winning games because the core is very strong. Like, it's like when you have Dalvin Cook and Naheem Hines and DeAndre Swift and James Robinson and Devontae Adams and Jefferson Jeff, Justin Jefferson – you're going to win games. That's a, that's I think that's just as an accident, um, right? You know, but I'm doing it without Etn. I'm doing it without Deshaun Watson. I'm not a contender without with, without Deshaun. I'm not a contender in Superflex. It's just the way it goes. But, I mean, my my start. I, I've only been playing one quarterback in a two quarterback league, basically. Hey, you can do that. I mean, that's the sort <laughs> of trade that <laughs> that like if. Uh, yeah. If you're the guy who's trying to get rid of Saquon, yeah, I mean, you you you're gonna be taking the L there. Like, it's just not gonna happen, man. Uh, you, I don't know if you would be able to get it done, but I think that's a trade that I would try to get for Saquon all day. Oh yeah, no, you no, you can try for it, right? But like, yeah, how often is the is the ETN guy gonna also move? A, well, I guess maybe if I was contending, but I'm not. Right, that's the issue. I'm like, I'm like, accidentally. I mean, even so, Saquon's that's not what I was gonna you. say. That's both sides might hate the value yeah. on that trade and it purely team situation you go for it right like if you're winning damn it but yeah sure let's go and <laughs> if you're losing it's like damn it but sure let's go yeah and, yeah and those are the, the uh, it's difficult 
Yeah, <laughs> I no, agree. My, yeah. yeah. My losses in that in that league have been really just sort of like when I when I come up against a true contending team because it's a sixteen team league. Uh, so when I, when I when I come up against a contending team, it's like oh I'm not I'm not losing by like a handful of points. I'm losing by like eighty. Like it's like it's not it's not yeah. like I'm just it's not like I'm just like oh I'm like twenty five points away. It's like I'm a whole quarterback and a bunch of guys away. Like it's just one of those like it's just how it's just how it works out because because like teams in this league take your tack where they're very extreme in the buying. Or they're very extreme when they go to sell. So you get these in-season super teams almost that eventually roll off into becoming non-super teams as they go off into the you know as the off season starts up. Because then it's like, oh, I've all, all I've got these guys. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like, the season starts back up again. It's like, oh my yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, um, it's just one of those things. It's it's, it's really interesting. I think it might be because it's impossible, almost impossible to do. It's kind of the missing element of dynasty rebuilds and strategy. It's like you have to break down your league. Go look at your all play. Is the winning team winning eighty percent of all games? Then you're probably dead, no matter how good your squad is. Like that because they're winning by eighty points a game. It's like you yep. can't you can't build your way out of that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. unless they suffer injuries, no one winning. So, yeah, and like even in a competitive squad with the right players and you're like, oh, I'm competitive this year. Like the top team's just too good. They they, they hit too many fires this year um, and they'll cool down and they won't be winning by 80 points next year. But this year you're probably dead. And it's, yep. yeah, you got to break down your own league and there's no real way of doing like, therefore trade for Saquon Barkley takes on that <laughs> without that yeah. context. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just not, yeah, right? Like, it's just in a vacuum, sure, why not? But, like, like yeah, in a I vacuum, just, sure. <laughs> yeah, so yes. I just, uh, so I just pulled up that, uh, that league and I am losing by exactly 80 points right now. Oh, wow. There uh, you go. <laughs> this other team has completely has doubled my score. Nice. Huh. No, I um, ran into, I ran into Jonathan Taylor and Cordero Patterson and Justin yeah. Herbert and Matt Ryan. Patterson is like a top eight running back in points per game right now, and that's including the three that are out with injury and dumb for the year. Yeah, buddy. And someone was asking me last week who I think the top three running backs were going forward, and I said uh, Swift. um, Who else did I say shit? Um, Swift, Kamara, and uh, Harris, um, Najee Harris. And I did it basically just by uh, expected points per share yeah. so the role on their offense and then their expected points per game like again just go for the most volume most secure volume uh, and move from from there and someone was asking me about um jonathan taylor after his big week and i was like he's just he's there on points per game but his volume's just a little less valuable because he's doing it more with rushing attempts with targets but while i was filtering i was like oh no screw it i'm wrong cordero patterson is a top three running back this year yeah. <laughs> like I, that's how i got it wrong <laughs> Speaking we got to know, <laughs> we, we were ahead of the curve there on waivers. Yeah, I, I, I'm never gonna get the weird, and I love the underdog, but weird is just nah, the NFL nah, seems to hate weird. Like it active, like if I swear, uh, like Curtis Samuel could be something in this league. Debo is, but we they can really have some weird hybrid players that like uh, do amazing things, and they seem to like like oh that's icky that's not what my granddad did, and so I just avoid it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But Patterson, well, you know, 
how are the Bears the ones to figure out the thing that everyone's saying Patterson could do? Just put the ball in his hands and he's great. And like he's been through the Patriots, and like they didn't figure it out, but the Bears are the ones that are like, oh yeah, running back. And they're the ones that figure it out. How? <laughs> Sorry, you were gonna yeah, say Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Like uh, you know, you're doing a lot of dynasty and uh prospect evaluation, and these guys like Samuel don't fit into no, they don't Literally into just... the profiles that, that we like. Um LaVisca Chenault. He's someone yeah, that exactly. I don't think is bad. He just he's kind of a little weird. So I'm like, nah. And also he's on the Jaguars. It's really easy to fade Jaguar wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> they just seem to hate their own wide receivers. Yeah, I've done me about it. I think uh yeah, I want to actually talk about uh one game since we you brought up Debo Samuel. This was a uh, mm-hmm. This 49ers game was one where we saw Ayuk finally outplay Samuel. Um, did he go? <laughs> right. I mean, uh, he scored a touchdown. He had 89 yards to Samuel 63. Um, yeah, this was, uh, I think going in, maybe everyone except for you thought that Ayuk was going to be the, uh, going to be the guy here. Um, well, there were a few it, of us. And not yeah. not to <laughs> not not to uh, not take the victory lap, but like um, I listened to, Honestly, people that because uh, I didn't know what to make of Debo. He's a little weird. I, I wasn't yeah, that high on his prospect. Yeah. Then his volume came up, and that I was like, "That's wow, that's more than I thought." And so you take a reconsideration. And so I started uh, Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast. He's the one who calmed me down on it for this off season. Was like, "No, he's that good. It's okay." I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. I believe it." Yeah. But we're on an island, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's why I say, "Did he outplay him this year?" Like, I hate to lead into confirmation bias. But so far, what I what I thought was the situation this offseason explains everything I've seen so far, and nothing yeah. else does. Like, I figured when Debo is healthy, he gets this high-volume role on the team. The offense loves going through the middle. They love George Kittle. They love Debo. When jo- and when Samuel was out, um, Brandon Ayoub's ADOT dropped more into a Debo-like role, and he did amazing mm-hmm. with it. So my mm-hmm. and but not quite as good as Samuel. So my entire hypothesis was Samuel gets that role. That's where most of the yeah. volume runs, yeah. and is slightly because he's slightly better at it with Ayuk. But Ayuk is still a good player. That yeah. that was it. And this week, like Debo Samuel was injured, not fully expected to play, and the team yeah. didn't really right. expect to use him. And Ayuk is the guy with the most volume, like that. Right. And every other game he hasn't been like that's it was still actually fits, kill. right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's I mean, the thing. So it's like, Kittle and Debo, Kittle and Debo. It'd make a great detective show. But, 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 but I mean, but I mean, that's sort of been the, the the case this year has just been either Debo eats or Kittle and Ayuk eat. It's mm-hmm. not been Kittle yeah. and Debo. It's either it's that's been fair. Debo by himself mm. or it's been Kittle and Ayuk because like we haven't seen yes. this out of like Kittle for a while. Ayuk mm. was just, I mean, just, again, it's just purely because of happenstance in the game i think i think uh debo is a weird prospect is good because blair and i had a long conversation about an adjusted breakout age for for debo because there is another world where he was an early declare prospect right like like <laughs> yeah. there, there there is a world there is a world where he doesn't break his leg his sophomore year right and he leaves in his junior year and he breaks out like he hits he hits that 30 percent threshold that we want in his sophomore year and in and that world, kind of we are more right. I like that world. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those situations. 
Um, I was more on Kittle this offseason than either of the wide receivers. That's what I was going to say. I've done so much like, Samuel victory lapping. I forget. Yeah. I was I was saying, just get George Kittle. Yeah, just get George he, Kittle he, was he's, my he's thing. He's the guy that go to over the middle. And this year has really, if anything, it's really made me reevaluate Kittle as a player who how we talk about him. Like mm-hmm. just the fact that he probably shouldn't be above, you know, guys like Hawkinson and Andrews and Waller and Pitts. And, you know, like he should not be in that tier. Like he's, he, he really falls more in the tier of like maybe even fans should be ahead of him. Like, like, they, like, they, like there's a world where Kittle should not be, um, like drafted too early like he just he just sinks teams man and today i got a chance to look at my roi shift in best ball after one good skittle season and i am petrified i am petrified at how important kittle is mm. between is it- me eating beans under the bridge <laughs> or me eating steaks every night man like there's like, there's like no wow. in between I'm a little worried about your uh, the amount of finances you haven't found yeah, for right. right now. Yeah, I know. Um, and, but, and, but like it's all on George Kittle. Like this one man and what he does week to week like defines defines <laughs> me. Is, like like my, my my ROI went from like 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 it went from from you know maybe just barely above break even to 120 percent like after that game, and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> this is not good. This is not good. Yeah. He, like, he should not account for this much. So he's been dealing with injuries a lot, yeah. uh, especially over the last month. But I mean, do you yeah. see this this game as kind of like a turning point for Kittle, or you're just this is not enough? You're yeah. you're kind of giving up. Me? Anyone? Yeah, no, oh, um, for you. Yeah, I think the volume was there before the injury, and just not quite the production. <laughs> I was going to ask you, are you worried about his yards after the catch? Well, actually, you're worried about his ROI. So that's slightly different. Yeah, but no, I'm <laughs> like kind of an efficiency I'm, player, but I do think the volume was there. The team was working into a new season. Anyway, um, I just chased, I just know to chase the touches and Kittle kind of always gets them. But there yeah, is yeah. a slight yards after the catch nature to the way he produces, which is weird. But, yeah. you know, Mike Gusecki does it like a wide receiver. So uh, I'll take it, I guess. Um, I, I should add that Debo Samuel saw the most targets again today. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't as efficient though. Oh, so okay. both, so both, so both Ayuk and Kittle the kind of really outperformed in the efficiency column. Mm-hmm. Um, but Debo is still seeing the most, the, the most, uh, yard, I mean, highest target share. I mean, like after four or so wide receivers have a target share about thirty. I think it's like Cup, Adams. Debo and DJ Moore, and that's it. That must have changed and, late because the last time I checked it, yeah, he did get nine targets versus yeah. eight and eight by the end yeah. of it. But like for the majority yeah, but, of the game, he didn't seem to be. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, I, it just feels like the 49ers came in expecting. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it's like Colt McCoy under center, no DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> and then they get completely <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> The Niners yeah. have lost four games at home, including mm. one to, to Colt McCoy. 
Oh my god, that's like the ending of a sad movie. It's just a hopeful face uh, <laughs> of, of the San Francisco 49ers. Like, we got a chance this week, boys. Hopkins is out. They're down to James Conner. Let's go. And then just <laughs> a train comes through. Uh, oh my god. god. <laughs> and you know, Benjamin came to life. He like he ruined some poor defender's life today. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he like he like he like stiff armed some some defender like into the into the dirt like into oh, it like wow. they dug a new grave around him. Like it was <laughs> like imp- it was imp- like, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see this, but I genuinely no. recommend you should go check this out. Like 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 oh. we like finally the you know Benjamin thesis is coming true. Yeah. And what do you think, you know, draft capital, draft capital, by, by the time this offseason, I'm guessing Khalil Herbert and Elite, Elite, Mitchell. Khalil Herbert! Is dead. But, like, I can't help but, th- like, in a cheap James Robinson way, like, they've both been really good. They don't get forgotten, right? Especially in the 49ers. It's basically just the next man up until you Elijah get Mitchell? injured. <laughs> you know? Do you not? Yeah. Do you think he holds some sort of role for next year? I know that's a little too far out to see, but Mitchell, you mean? Yeah, Mitchell or Khalil, but I think both have been impressive enough. I think. You know? I, th- I think. So, um, I'm sorry, Blair. I, 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 we've just we've just been we've just been proponents for James Robinson for some time. That right. it was a real shame to see the Jaguars draft. ETN with the first round. That was pick. so painful. No that idea. Was just like, that was talking just about like, my ROI thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But like, but like, but like, we've seen this before, right? We've seen this movie play out before, and this was the yeah. Chris Carson movie. Yeah, they just turned like that was after they drafted him. I was like, I guess if he's Rashad Penny, I can't see that in his stats. But if he is, then we're fine. And it just turns out after he gets injured. Sorry, yeah. carry on, dude. Yeah, and it's just it is one of those things. I I I'll forever remember that off season where Sean was just like, just draft Chris Carson, guys. Like, what are you doing chasing Rashad Penny? And it was just like, I guess it makes sense. I mean, we just like, like, and he was taking Chris Carson everywhere. And then um, we saw it play out with James Robinson and and Etn. We we you know we're gonna see. It. We just saw it play out with uh, Eli Mitchell and Trey Sermon, right? right? Like, yeah. like 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 well, like like. I was a big Khalil Herbert guy this off season too. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't think I caught him. I I like Carter. I like Mitchell above average. I don't think I really even noticed Khalil. But, yeah, he's been impressive. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, I think with San Francisco, Mitchell probably has a little more staying power than you saw with guys like Robinson or um, right, right. Philip Lindsay's the other guy that really comes to mind. He was Lindsay. one of my, you know, he was like my favorite running back in that class. And shame yeah. to see him get uh, – Get overtaken, but uh, I mean, with Mitchell, since he was he was what their sixth round pick after they took Sermon, and Sermon for the most part has been healthy this year, and the yeah, still not, him too. he just still literally not getting in the game. So, mm-hmm. they, so yeah, they really I think Joe Williams was, Yeah, plus they were um, Mostert. Of course, was what was he undrafted or was he like a fifth round pick or something? I can't remember. Mostert, yeah. uh, dude, Mostert was like a fifth round or sixth round but he was like around forever like he's just been a special teams guy forever yeah shanny shanny just wanted him on his team and he took him from the falcons to the niners um and him and him and him and cordero patterson have a lot of similarities interesting yeah Yeah, because they're they're the same guy yeah i mean the 49ers seem to 
not care as much about draft capital with their running backs. So I was going to say, do you think there's an edge to like on the few teams where we have a history, like Shanahan just don't care about your draft capital and running backs. Like if you're not as good, you don't play. Um, Whereas some teams are just going to try and force it. Like I I think the Jaguars would have tried to force it. If ETN hadn't suffered an injury, I think this would have been nasty at the watch. No, 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 they they would have forced it. Like the thing with like Mostert is, when you go back to how he got the opportunity, I think it was like Joe Williams flopping, and then a couple of guys oh getting God. hurt. Yeah. It, it, then, but then you could you also knew that the Niners were interested in his like um, continued success because they kept him on um, and actually gave him a pretty hefty extension, mm-hmm. despite him being like a situational special teams player and missing most of his season with like a broken leg, and like like you could tell that they had an interest in him. But like the second they gave him opportunity, he was able to just sort of crush with it. Because he was never a reg- he never saw regular playing time, and it's the same with like Cordell Patterson. We've seen him as like a special teams guy. We've rarely seen him get this kind of like like never, he, and he's never get this kind of usage. But also think about what it took for him to get here. It like mm-hmm. the the Falcons had to trade away Julio Jones. Your next best receivers had to be like Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus and like Dajay Sharp. And then on top of that, they had decided to make Mike Davis their feature back, who was like this plodding, this this like dirt of a human. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then Calvin Ridley is dealing with like some personal issues, right? So it's just like, who gives us the best chance to win? And it's like, well, all right, see back. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, on Mike that Davis. note, I think we. Mike Davis Sorry? slander, man. That was hard to hit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. The man right? accrues volume unless Cordero Patterson is a random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does. Did you Mike Davis this year? Were you on um, were you were you were you drafting him at the four at the four five turn? None the four five. He seemed to go a little later than that. Yeah. He was going well outside the top twelve. And when you go yeah. so heavy wide receiver more often than not, I was like, I mean, he was a top twelve running back last year. I mean, a pretty shitty top twelve running back, but a top twelve <laughs> running back. So yeah, yeah, I ended up with him um, a fair amount. Yeah. And honestly, uh, the volume was fine. Like he was a top twelve volume player the first five weeks, and it was like, what's going on? And then finally, like last week, the the team was like, let's stop pretending. <laughs> let's nice. just give it to Cordell Patterson. <laughs> Finally releasing yeah, no, me mean, from he's... my curse. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to talk I about mean, Mike I Davis. I think you're right. Anymore. When you say uh, you mostly want to just chase the touches and chase the volume, but there are some of these guys like Mike Davis. And I mean, there are others who are like, they're just, the efficiency is just always so bad that it's hard to, it's right. hard to really feel good about the volume. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't drafting Mike Davis, but um, I wasn't doing it. But I guess, hey, Peter, I'm not here to judge. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Um, no, the, the way I knew to let him slip and get him if he was a value was like, yeah. And I don't look at efficiency much. I mean, I, I, if it's not predictive, I don't. I don't look at it enough to be honest. But like, yeah. I just compare seasons and his like RB twelve season last year. Like the points per game on it were like the lowest points per game an RB twelve has had in like five years. Oh, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. oh, I see, <laughs> I see what's going on here. Um, that's how I got <laughs> out of DJ Chark real early as well. Like his wide oh. receiver twenty four season was mm. like shit. Like it wasn't a wide receiver twenty four season in any other year. Just that one year, and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not 
it's not high analysis, and I guess I might be just getting luggy, but that's that's helped me out a few times. I, I should have known yeah, better. Looking at uh, the fantasy points, and they're not there. So they're what like, the hell? Hell? You where need? were you? Where were you this off season? I. Right here, man. I've been panning DJ Chark for years. Like, if you haven't heard me, you've been trying not to hear it. <laughs> oh my god, and he's banning my teams. Oh, sorry. Um, and I don't dislike the player. To be fair, just in terms of fan, again, I mostly default to the if there's a successful yeah. wide receiver on the Jaguars, they're going to actively work against that. That's my <laughs> hypothesis. Like it was Alan Robinson, and then they got rid of him. Then it was Keelan Cole for a second, and then they got like whatever happened to him. And um, well, he's actually doing pretty well with the Jets right now. And then DJ Chark sparked up, and then it wasn't him next year. It's LaVisca Chenault. Now it's not LaVisca Chenault. It's like they just recycle. <laughs> it seems Jamal Agnew, good God. It's Dan Arnold. Damn, now it's Dan Arnold. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a good note to end on. Um, thanks again to our, our guest. Your Howard, you already kind of plugged everything you were doing at the at the top, but uh got anything else going on this season that uh viewers <laughs> listeners can check out i plugged in the protest and um, no check out dlf i'm writing weekly articles for them or just uh, at me on twitter anytime uh, i love to talk about football most of the time so i really appreciate you asking me on sorry i took us way off the show sheet there though i just want <laughs> you to know good man they've got some really interesting notes here and i just just kept us away from all of those <laughs> um yeah appreciate it guys Thank more, more fun was- show this way yeah, this was, I think, an awesome, <laughs> awesome discussion and uh, one that our uh, everyone is going to enjoy. So, uh, yeah, really cool. Um, thanks again for coming on. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thank you for watching. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done